formerly with NVIDIA, working on AI. I have here today Rob Albritton. He's the VP of AI at Octo, which was acquired by IBM. They're a cloud modernization company, and they're specifically focused heavily in AI across the public sector, especially in defense and intelligence. Let's just start talking all things AI since you are the AI man. I'm very passionate about operationalizing AI and my team at Octo and Olabs. Olabs is our rapid prototyping organization and where our centers of excellence reside at Octo. We're very passionate about operationalizing AI, putting it into production. And so you'll see, especially in our industry and namely in defense and the intelligence community, upwards of 90% of machine learning models that are developed don't make it into production. Nobody actually gets to use them. And so we're very passionate about changing that. And the way we do that is we've been building out tools like our ML ops platform, machine learning operations platform, that not only helps non-technical users train a machine learning model, prepare their data, and then train the model, but also put it into production and maintain that model's performance. So when you put a model into production, as you likely know, if you get to that point even, which most models don't, but if you do, almost all models drift over time and model performance degrades. And so we've focused very heavily over the last two or three years or so on building very user-friendly tools that don't require a PhD in data science or machine learning that will automate the process of monitoring machine learning models in places like, think of the battlefield or an analyst workstation where large compute is not available. You might just have a low size weight and power device where you deploy your model for inference on that low swap device, but currently have no way to know if that model is actually performing the way you trained it to perform. And so you can imagine what that could do on the battlefield should a soldier be trusting of a model that starts to drift out of spec and has no way of knowing that. And so our tools are built to, mo to monitor the model and alert that end user, that soldier or the analyst when that model drifts out of spec and then give them the option of retraining the model. So that's the holy grail for us is to be able to retrain models in as close as possible to near real to real time in austere environments. So with a smartphone, you need to download an update, but with these AI models, you need to retrain them. Spot on. Correct. That's a hundred percent correct. You have to collect new data, ground truth data, label the data again, and then you have to retrain the model. So that's the process that we are talking about is called active learning. There are some other the other processes and methodologies that are being researched, but the one that we've chosen is called active learning. And yes, it will enable us to rapidly relabel data, train a model again, and then put it back into production. So you can almost see this with ChatGBT right now for something that people are more comfortable with. You kind of build in a prompt and then for some reason, weak into using it, it just completely sways off the path. Yeah. Exactly. ChatGPT, just like every other machine learning model, only knows what it's been told, what it's been trained on. When you are interacting with that, you're retraining it uh, in effect, right? Reinforcement learning from human feedback. So you're giving that model, you're giving ChatGPT and whatever foundation model they're using in the background or foundation models, you're giving those models feedback, just like you would be, just like you would train a, an infant or a toddler right? You're giving that infant 
that which is the model feedback many times a day trying to teach them to do something the correct way so what was it that got you so interested in the ai field and you built a career in it now i did so i was actually i was working on a you got to be careful when i call it i'll just call it a search a search space reduction capability to help find pilots that crash right so pilot crashes somewhere in the world how do we find that person quicker and that was my introduction to machine learning was using past reports of of aircraft going down and what that pilot did to survive on the ground where we ended up finding them what path did they take on foot and things like that to survive and so we trained machine learning models on thousands and thousands of past incidences to try to predict what would happen if an airline went down or a helicopter went down. And so that was my introduction to machine learning. I realized that it could help us save lives, quite frankly. And that's really what launched my, my, my career in AI. And then obviously landing at NVIDIA was a little bit of luck involved, right? Admittedly, landed at NVIDIA, helped them build their public sector team alongside some of the most brilliant machine learning and AI minds on the planet. And you can't work at NVIDIA and not be energized about AI. What would you tell your younger self if you could tell yourself one thing? I would tell my younger self to trust the process and trust the journey. A career is a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. There is zero chance. If There's no way I could have predicted where I am today. If I went back to my career starting out as a the enlisted Air Force guy in the 38th Reconnaissance Squadron at Offutt Air Force Base. There's no way I, if I went back then, any way I could have known that I would end up where I am today. So I would just tell myself, don't try to have it all figured out. Don't try to predict the future and just enjoy the ride. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think it's good advice for others and for <laughs> our younger selves. So at the pace that AI is evolving, where do you see it taking us in the next few years? And as much of a kind of hot button topic as it is around, we've heard IBM's CEO come out and talk about automating HR processes and things like that. I really do think that's going to occur in earnest over the next few years. That being said, I don't ascribe to the, I guess, the fear that AI is going to take a lot of jobs. I actually do believe it's, it is creating jobs today. It's expanding economies and parts of the world where there are no things like no natural resources and things like that, right? There, there's a new economy now because AI is automating and enabling people to write code that couldn't write code before and build new applications and build new companies around these technologies. And I think it will continue to become more commonplace and accepted that AI is just part of our everyday lives. And we'll become more aware of it, quite frankly. I think today, most people don't understand that they use AI every single day. When you, when you use the navigation service or ask Google or Siri or any of the platforms, automation platforms to help you with something or ask them a question. But as we become more educated, I think over the next few years, we're all going to understand and accept that AI is just part of our everyday lives. Yeah, fear normally comes from the lack of understanding or the lack of education. And then once you understand the components of this, oh, then it's, oh, wait, no, this is, this is a language that we've developed to aid us, not hurt us. That's right. That's right. I don't, obviously, I don't know what it was like when the automobile was invented, 
But I've got to imagine there were arguments against here. They're too fast. They're too dangerous. And it was just a lack of understanding. And today, we couldn't live without our automobiles. Very true. So, Rob, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or Octo, how could they do so? So if you want to get in touch with me or the Octo or Olabs team, go to Olabs, O-L-A-B-S dot Octo dot U-S. And there is a drop-down menu says schedule a visit. Click on that. And if you send a prompt to that link, it will get in touch directly with me and we'll be able to connect that way. Thank you, Rob, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Web Design and Development. We'll see you next time. Yeah.